0: Hey, you want a drink or something before we record? Um, yeah, can I just get like a Jack and Coke? Sorry, I can't hear you. It's really loud in here. Jack and Coke? Okay, Um, let me see if I can get us a drink. You know what? Fuck it. Let's record.
1: Hello. Hello, everybody.
0: Um, welcome to Chaos and Yeah, welcome, welcome,
1: everybody. Hey, I'm
0: Dallas. And this is Kylie. Um, and... W- w- yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and this is our hyper-focus episode, guys.
0: Yeah, we're going to be talking about um, neurodivergent momming. Yeah, neurodivergent momming.
1: So, I think a little bit, bit of background into this is that I sent Riley a TikTok and it was kind of like a light bulb moment for me because I've been getting really overstimulated at one of my sites, internship sites. And it's, it's gotten to the point where I'm like asking other people who are late diagnosed neurodivergent ADHD people. And they're like, oh yeah, you can get overstimulated by noise. And so I sent that to Kylie and she's like, oh, damn. Okay, cool. That's spot on. I need to get diagnosed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, one of these days, Kylie's going to go get checked out, because I relate to a lot of the things.
1: I know. Well, and that's exactly how I got diagnosed, too, because my whole feed was, you know, ADHD talk. I'm like, okay, some of them I can really relate to. So that's cool. Sweet. Didn't know that about myself. So yeah, let's jump into it.
0: Yeah. So I think one of the things that I saw to it was, it was like a tweet or something like that. And it's like, once you're overstimulated, like, you begin, you become very emotional, which is something I can relate to. Mommy is, like, emotions, I think, is the first thing that I start to notice in myself when I'm getting overstimulated. And then it's, like – and once you reach that point, there's, like, real no going back. And then I mm-hmm. texted Dallas. I said, but we're moms. We have to come back. We can't just quit for the day.
1: Yeah. We can't just we're- say – okay, go ahead and just sit there in your swing or something like that, you know, go go leave me alone for a second, (laughs) for a long
0: second. You guys got this. Mom's top, sorry, mom's topped out for the day. You're going to have to take care of yourselves. No, but we can't do that as mothers. You have to find ways to push through. But it just was like crazy to me. It's like once you run out of, you know, that dopamine, like as a neurodivergent person, you're just stuck in shutdown mode.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I feel that for myself now that I am diagnosed and I'm able to reflect and then also compare it to where I am now, I can say, oh, maybe I was overstimulated and I wasn't actually anxious. For example, once I had my son and I was a new mom, like, the no sense of structure whatsoever was killing me on top of no sleep. It was a bunch of things to where I ended up getting seen for postpartum depression because I was just super overstimulated, super emotional, and maybe I did have postpartum depression. I mean, I, I, it didn't get to that point where I was going to go, you know, yeet myself or something. I don't know. But- it just was something to do with the structure that really bothered me, that I had no control over
0: it. Yeah, and I'm very much in the middle of that right now like i'm I'm still in the trenches over here, but I just I feel like I'm in that space right now with a two year old and yeah, sure, little structure compared to a newborn right newborn's really unpredictable, but mm-hmm. I still definitely I still definitely feel that way. Like things are not in structure. I'm at home all day with her, overstimulation to the max. And and when I do get overstimulated, I get emotional. Whether that emotion is, well, I guess sorry, I was about to go off on a tangent. But. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> it, anger is technically a secondary emotion, but it gets there, or sadness, or. You know, whatever I'm feeling in the moment, I definitely feel like emotions is the first thing that comes out for me.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And I think for me, I'm different. I think it definitely has to do a lot with my own upbringing, but I am definitely one of those people where I bottle it all up and then I save it for when I can just shut down. Basically, that's what it is, is that I just sit down and I dissociate because I can't take it anymore. And I've been noticing that a lot, especially with internship. I am around people all the time. I get overstimulated at, but by Friday, I literally can't do anything. I just feel completely wiped out. And it's not because it's necessarily like the work is hard, the work isn't super, super duper hard especially as an intern, but it's just that yeah. I am drained.
0: Do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert?
1: I think that I am an amnivert, if that's an that? answer. In my particular sense, I would consider myself more of an introvert, but mm-hmm. I am able to move through a lot of the introvert struggles, like talking to new people, having small talk, being around people. I I can do it. Like it's not like I have problems with it. It's just like by the end of the day, I'm just like
0: Phew. I'm 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 good. <laughs> you you have like a time room and you're peopled out, you're peopled out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like I almost bring an opposite perspective to this mom in life is I feel like I'm an extrovert not getting enough social time. Oh, that would and make it, sense. And I feel like it messes with me mentally. And I, you know, I I was a receptionist. I was a hairdresser. I literally talked to people for a living. And those are the things that that make me happy and and feel me. I'm also the same as you, though, at the end of those days. I'm going to need an hour. Let me just take a minute. But I think now that I'm not giving that people time, it's also making my fuse shorter because I can't sit here and communicate with a children who can't communicate yet and I just I think I need more of that in my life yeah I don't even know if that has to do with overstimulation but I feel like my my fuse is shorter the overstip where I feel overstimulated and I just feel like overwhelmed anxiety ridden when I don't get those outlets met of my social part of me
1: I think that it definitely can go I think that it could go hand in hand you know like it's not an either or I think that you can
0: Yeah, when my cup isn't full in that way and my extroverted cup, I have less to give as a mom.
1: Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. And then on top of that, you're also dealing with a bunch of things that are outside of your control, such as the noise, such as the routine. And I think that all of that on top of not filling your cup, that's not conducive to being able to be – you know the best human you can and you're not going to necessarily have a wide range of emotions you're just going to be short fused I feel like that didn't make any sense, kind of sense.
0: Oh, <laughs> you know did. it did I also wanted to bring up the conversation so what disassociating is one way you deal but as that like a mom when you push through do you have like any like hacks you do like Um, we're gonna get through tonight but first mommy's gonna go do xyz i just thought that topic of like if anyone else is experiencing like things they can do to go kind of refill their cup in the middle of the day or at the end of the night um i
1: gosh i'm trying to think back to when my children were kids but i think at that point that i was just so focused on trying to take care of everyone, not just my children. So like my husband, my mom, my sister, etc. I don't think that I really had a lot of great coping skills now. However, I make sure that if I am feeling overstimulated, I know that I'm about to get tapped out of dopamine. So I do have to take my medication so that I don't have a dopamine crash. And I also can kind of unwind in a sense. So I realized that when I have a dopamine crash, I get super emotional to the point where I'm like having many breakdowns in front of my kid's teacher. So that's not good or conducive. But if I take my medication and if I also like give myself a break with like a podcast or something like that, that I really wanted to listen to, then that's something that kind of gets me to recharge to be able to do my second shift with my
0: kids yeah i think that's a really great one i i do the same i either set up breakfast set up a movie set up an activity and i like throw a podcast on or i listen to music and get some dance on like just something to get me out of that funk a little bit another thing i've been doing is the cold water face dunks the ice water face dunks i they bring me back to life they really do do they? I'm, like, sitting here
1: thinking how unpleasant that seems, but, you know, it's, it's to every person, like, that's whatever they need to do, <laughs> but I'm just...
0: I literally say I hurt myself. Like, I purposely hurt myself to feel better. So, like, it it fucking, like, it does hurt, and then it, like, a rush of, like, adrenaline comes back to you, and I just feel like I chugged an energy drink or had a cup of coffee, and was like, well, all right, let's go. Um, oh,
1: so... Also, I just realized something. So actually, ice dunking is recommended to reset your your vagus nerve. Oh, really? Yeah. So ice dunking your face or like putting a cold compress on your chest. Those are a couple of ways to reset your, your vagus nerve. And that's the thing that kind of like kicks you into fight or flight. Mm. kind of a thing so like it if you reset it then you're like getting into rest and digest
0: yeah it definitely helps me when I'm about to that I'm at the end of my fuse mark it really does help
1: look at you that's awesome you didn't even know that
0: <laughs> no I just saw it on tiktok and I, the tiktak and I was like I'm gonna try that and it worked So,
1: yeah yay well hey that's cool now that I'm thinking about it If I'm feeling super overstimulated and I'm at home at least, um, I usually take like a bag of frozen vegetables and I put it on my chest to try to like regain some kind of sense of normal, (laughs) normal personhood.
0: (laughs) Does it help you? Does it make you feel better? Sometimes.
1: I think if I am too far gone with my overstimulation or my anxiety, then it doesn't actually work a whole lot because it it's meant for like anxiety and panic. Right. But if I feel it creeping on, then it does help. But if I'm too far gone, then it's not, it's not super I, I, duper helpful.
0: I think that's a great point because I, I do think I also know that that is a tool I have to use before the breakdown, like before we're there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's just more of having that self-awareness of having the trigger thought or physical sensation and then like try to use
0: mediating
1: factors in order to get it back down to baseline
0: and then um caffeination i'm caffeine's a i'm not a bad habit with that one but it helps me
1: for sure it doesn't help me that's the thing (laughs) like no no, so um, I don't know if it's just tolerance, but if I didn't take my medication, I can drink three cups of coffee and go right back to bed or drink it like late at night and just go straight to bed. Yeah. But if I take my meds, then I, then I get the jitters sometimes if I, if I drank too
0: much. Yeah, and the jitters are no good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The jitters mm. are no-go. Like, my eyes start twitching.
0: Yeah, so I, don't, I, mean, I guess we wanted this topic because we wanted all of you at home who might be feeling overstimulated as a mother and also those of you who might not have such experience before you're a mom, a lot of be going into motherhood um, has actually helped a lot of those who may need a diagnosis realize that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think that you know, everybody's experience is different. But like we talked about in the ADHD episode, big life transitions can really make your functionality decrease. Having those big life transitions can really impact your ability to function
0: and your ability to cope too. Totally. And just my personal experience, I don't know if anyone else can relate to this. Um, I got pregnant and then I got put on bed rest, which was like a really hard transition for me. And we were in the middle of COVID, or COVID started, I guess, around the same week because my husband was allowed to go to me, go to my appointment with me um, before, and then he had work. So my mom was the one with me when we found out I was high risk. And then the following week, I was no longer allowed to have anyone with me at appointments. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So right in the middle. Of you know shit going down, I got put on bed rest, and I think it was just messing with me. And I started having symptoms, you know, arise, and I was like, oh, it's pregnancy brain. Everyone says you get pregnancy brain. I'm forgetting things because it's pregnancy brain. And then I'm a new mom. Oh, it's mom brain. You're becoming forgetful because it's mom brain. And I was just pushing all of things to the side because oh, it's it's just this. It's just normal when you become a mom. And no, it's not really. (laughs) Like to a certain extent, it is. But I think for those listening, it, like Dallas said, big transitions, I think we have a sense of like pushing these to the side because it's just society says, oh, you have long brain. Oh, no, you're overstimulated. You, There's something else going on there.
1: Oh, yeah. I think one thing that really stood out to me now that you're talking about it is one of the big life transitions that I went through, and I think that my symptoms were heightened, you know, pre getting diagnosed was when my son was diagnosed with type one. And I was constantly, I mean, my husband's family is always like perpetually late, but I like, overcorrected a lot of my life by getting there early. And there was one time that we didn't get there on time. And they're like, yeah, you can't go to the appointment now kind of a thing. And it's just like, I think that for me, for a lot of my time, I overcompensated quite a bit. And it wasn't until like these big life transitions, like a diagnosis, like having your baby, where I'm just kind of like, well, shit. Okay. What am I supposed to do?
0: Yeah, no, totally. And I just, I think these are all great things to bring in in case someone might be You know, having the same thoughts at home and everyone's experience is different. You may truly have mom brain, but you also may need a diagnosis. So awareness is such a huge thing for us. We want to spread awareness as much as we can. Also, if you're having these feelings and you are newly postpartum, please go get checked for postpartum depression or anxiety.
1: Yeah. And if you're, it could very well be ADHD too. So rule out those things talk to your practitioner. I mean, like, obviously, I I don't have a lot of leg to give on that. This is just based on my own experience. So for example, my best friend in high school had her daughter and she had realized that she was, you know, having some symptoms and she initially thought that she maybe had, like, postpartum anxiety, that's how she ended up getting diagnosed is because they actually did a thorough evaluation of what her symptoms look like. The history is also included on that. You, you don't just randomly develop ADHD because there has to be a history with it, right? Before the age of 12, I believe, you have to have symptoms that are present from the DSM criteria. It's taking a bigger picture look of who you've grown up to be and looking at your past and everything.
0: Yeah. I think those are all great points. And motherhood just brings out a totally different and this specifically we are talking about motherhood in this episode. It brings a totally different perspective on everything. And you can no longer get away with masking. Things just come out.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, now that you're talking about this, I think that something that I am kind of doing with my unmasking is letting go of expectations of cleanliness and organization in my house. It's not saying that my house is just, like, super filthy. It's just that I have doom piles everywhere, and I'm just going to let them be for now (laughs) until – I have an ADHD hyper focus to go take care of my dining room table, which is a doom space for me right now, or clean up my daughter's room.
0: No, I, I think that's a very relatable thing. Honestly, I have the same things. And just I've spoken with friends and things like that. And like, laundry feels like the biggest chore you've ever had. You guys aren't alone if you're feeling that way or maybe you just shut your kids door because you can't deal with it right now. It happens and it's reality, yeah. right? And I think that it
1: also has a lot to do with our societal expectation as well. For example, for so long I really wanted to keep my high, my like my space super super tidy, super clean because that was the societal expectation what I am seeing in magazines to you know people in my life such as like my mother-in-law kind of a thing so for me for so long I sat there in ADHD panic oh the living room is not clean before someone comes over I'm going to and then you just panic clean everything because you don't want them to see that part of you
0: and I, I don't know if you have an internal struggle. I have the internal struggle where a clean home makes me happy. I just don't always have the energy to do it. Oh, absolutely. And, and like when everything is clean, like I am happy and it makes me so happy. And when things are not clean, I am not happy. But just sometimes I just can't. I just don't have the time in the day. And like you said, it's not filth. It's clutter. It's,
1: that's what it is. It's just clutter it's things that need to be put in their place or find a place but they don't make it there
0: yeah i actually funny you bring this up it was about a year ago i was struggling with this and i came across this tiktok where it's like shift your mind your mindset a little bit does everything need to be folded in that drawer does everything need to be flipped inside out before it's put on a hanger? Just these smallest little shifts where it takes my time, like, a little bit less. And it really helped me. You know what? It's okay that the kids' shirts aren't all folded. They're in the drawer, though. Yeah. It's okay that your sh- all your shirts aren't, like, inside or outside the right way. They're on hangers, though. And, like, that little bit of mind shift change for me, like, helped a lot. I mean, by no means is my house perfect. So there's a lot I need to do, but... I just thought I'd share that because that little shift really helped me with at least getting things off the floor. They're at least in the drawers They're at least, you know what? In some weeks they're in laundry baskets, but they're clean.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Like my laundry room has been a disaster since I started school and laundry is just one of those chores that Tigger doesn't necessarily like doing, especially folding laundry because he doesn't like the system that I have. So for him, he just gets super overwhelmed. But for me, that's just the way that the house is able to function. I can't do mm-hmm. much more structure than that. So that's actually like such a good point. I need to fold laundry today anyway. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use that tip. Thank you, Kylie.
0: <laughs> and you know what? If someone was coming through with a fine tooth comb, I'd probably be embarrassed. But it's what it is. Not every shirt <sighs> needs to be folded. Not every they're on hangers, they're in drawers life is good
1: yeah I like that perspective and also like with dishes too I I can't do dishes it's not that I can't it's just like so many factors play into it such as like the smell and the feel of food which like I have toddler or I don't have toddlers but I have kids that act like toddlers and just throw their food in there and then the food gets soggy Oh, a couple not. of things. <laughs> yeah. It is so bad because, like, for me, my bedroom's on the other side of the kitchen. So it's, like, out of sight, out of mind, literally. Um, So I've been using – which super, like, 50s housewife of me. But it actually really helps me feel like I can overcome that barrier. And also, like, watching a documentary or watching a TV show while doing it kind of yeah, really have- helps
0: me – I had to have a podcast in my ear or something. I also had that issue. Sensor- I don't know if it's a sensory issue or what. If food is on the dishes, I cannot. Like, no. Like, scrape that shit into the trash can and then put it in there. And when you put it in there, rinse the food down the sink.
1: hmm Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's a big thing for me, too. And that's why I put a ban of no food on my daughter's room. Because she will just leave dishes in her room And those dishes are just not the greatest of shapes sometimes if I didn't get to them. And I just, I can't fathom washing them at that point. I just throw away the dish.
0: We have the same rule, like actual food, food, like dishes needed food only at the kitchen table. And then you can have like snacks, like maybe a bag of chips or whatever. But if you get caught with it in your room, you're done.
1: I have been pretty lenient. Not going to lie. It's fine. For me, I kind of like, because they have so much, res- so much like, I'm blanking on the word also ADHD. They have so many conversations around food to begin with that I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know what? They can have a couple things of junk food or they can eat in their rooms kind of thing because we're always talking about food right so totally. now that I had to go clean up her disorganized messy room <laughs> um I just about had it she's doing good about throwing away her trash so that's good but at the same time I'm like mm, I can't I can't stomach it anymore and I'm pretty sure that my husband can't do it either
0: <laughs> yeah I mean food left on a dish that's pretty gnarly you know? yeah yeah,
1: that's just ugh, gross, disgusting.
0: That's funny that you have that with dishes because I do too. I didn't realize why I did, but I have a hard time too.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think that I s- actually saw it on TikTok, <laughs> TikTok for the win. But it, someone said if you just don't like dishes because you don't like the feel of the food on the dish – then just wear the gloves and just that protective barrier helps me with my mindset it's so strange I don't know how to explain it but even if I get a cut in the glove it just like freaks me out a little bit more like water can come into the glove and then my fingers get all pruney kind of a thing I don't know how to explain it I'm just super strange but that's just
0: me (laughs) No, it's relatable. I'm like on the other end, like neurotic, like I'm like scrape every piece of food into the trash before you, no, every piece, scrape it.
1: That's just a hill that I cannot die on because it's just one of those things that, okay, it's going to take more energy for me to implement that system rather than to just deal with the system that we have and make accommodations for it afterwards. You know what I mean?
0: And sometimes it's just do what works for you, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Whatever exactly. works for your family is what works.
1: Yes. I'm and sure. try different things too because I don't even know
0: what the fuck works sometimes. So. if <laughs> why we chaos and cuss words. We got all the chaos.
1: Yeah. All the chaos and sometimes some cuss words. I don't know what the fuck we're doing sometimes, but we're here for it. <laughs>
0: Well, All right, I, guys. I was going to say, I hope this re- this episode was relatable to a few of you and got the conversation started.
1: Yeah. Um, even if it's just in your own head or uh, run this with your significant other or even like your parents, whomever you think create like a good sounding board. I don't know. Make sure that you are able to talk to your physician. Or your primary care doctor about it, obviously, because you
0: might have some valid points. If any of you might have a story you want to send on about today's episode, please send it to our email. Thank you Bye. for listening. Bye. You can find Chaos and Cusswords on our socials. On Instagram, we are chaos.and.cusswords. And on TikTok, we are Chaos and Cusswords Podcast.
1: Email us your stories at chaosandcusswordspodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and you'll be able to tell your story on air with us, or we can also read your anonymous stories.
0: Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate every single one of you for listening.
1: Be the chaotic good that you want to see in the world.
0: Bye. Mm-hmm.